The first batch of margaritas was not so great, but the second batch is good. <laughs> well, maybe the next batch, we could all get some. Oh, guys, this is fun, isn't it? You know, just the four of us, just, just hanging. Dude, are you okay? And when are the fajitas gonna be ready? I'm fine. Hey, I'm great. I'm just, I'm proud of us. There's no weirdness, no tension. No awareness. Uh, we make a great foursome. We should do more stuff together. <gasps> we could take a trip! Oh, where do you think we could go? My fajitas! Hey, this is Mike. And this is Steve. And we don't know what we're doing. Every week we pick a different topic so that we can learn more about it. And this week we're talking about sitcoms. And we started thinking about sitcoms the other day. We watched, uh, we binge watched One Day at a Time, which is a remake of mm -hmm. a 1975 uh, sitcom. Mm -hmm. um, and it was pretty similar to the original. But, yeah. uh, you know, after that, we laughed a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and we enjoyed it. I mean, we binge watched it. We kept going. The story was pretty good. The characters were real. Yeah. And I swear, the main character was crying like almost every other one. Yeah, she did. But uh, it wasn't sad. I mean, it was an enjoyable show. Yeah. Like, it had a heart, and mm -hmm. it really like made me feel like, oh, this is great, because this is a show that's not stereotyping the Latino, Latina uh, community mm -hmm. and it's super popular apparently yeah yeah they're i mean they've already renewed it for a third season so it's awesome yeah and uh let's see the mom is actually um her name is Penelope in there it's justino justino machado and she's a veteran she is a single ish mom and she has ptsd the character the character not the actress yes 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 the character <laughs> Penelope. Yeah. And uh, it was really interesting how they balanced the comedy with the realism and the like dealing with these kind of heavier subjects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I kept saying, like, the show hits hard, like, every single episode. It does, but it doesn't, like, kick you in while you're down. Like, it mm -hmm. comes out with a not so much the ABC, like, What's that called? The I don't know, like their stupid formula where it's like the music cues and then like you just know, okay, this is when Danny Tanner is going to come talk to us. Yeah. You know? Where like the end is always like the happy thing. Yeah. 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 The form, it, it may be a formula with one day at a time, but it's not quite as obvious. Yes. Yeah. And they're not always like super peppy. Mm hmm. It's like some peppy, some other stuff that happening. Yeah. And it deals with real issues, which yeah. was awesome. Um, but yeah, that got us starting to think about sitcoms mm -hmm. and uh, about shows that we watched growing up as a family. Yeah, yeah. And we so, watched a lot of them, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what kind of shows did you watch, Steve? Uh, like as a family? Yeah. Uh, I remember watching The Cosby Show, for sure. Um, I think my mom and I would watch A Different World a little <laughs> bit, but... Well, that came on after The Cosby Show. Yeah. But I don't really, I, I remember not really getting most of that show because it was like too old for me. 
Yeah, because it was all about college. Yeah, yeah. Kind of what they're doing with Grownish, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a, a direct spinoff. It's yeah. funny. It's really cool. Um, let's see. What else did we watch growing up? Um, I really liked The Fresh Prince. We didn't really watch that <laughs> one as a family, though, but I really liked it. Uh, I don't know. I can't really think what else we watched, really. Did y'all watch uh, was Seinfeld on when you were younger? Yeah, we didn't watch it as a family, though. That was more like when I was in junior high, probably. Hmm. What about like uh, Simpsons? That was kind of a... Oh, no. We weren't allowed to watch Simpsons. Really? No. How come? Because my mom didn't like when he said, hi, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? (laughs) She didn't like that, so we didn't watch that. Couldn't say the H-E-double-L word? No, I don't think it was that. I think it was more she didn't like the kid just, you know, being a smartass like that. Uh, Did she think that that was going to influence you into being a smartass? I don't know. Probably. (laughs) Well, it didn't, it didn't seem like you needed that. Yeah, no, clearly it didn't. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What kind of shows did you guys watch? Let's see. Uh, we watched Roseanne. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I love Roseanne. Uh, gosh, what else did we watch together? I th- I think I watched a lot like by myself. Me too. Because my mom was maybe at work or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was at my grandma's house and yeah. not with them. So I watched a lot of things separate. Yeah. <laughs> Actually... <laughs> I did watch the Golden Girls with my grandma. Did you? Because sometimes on uh, Saturday nights or Saturdays, I would stay with them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we would watch uh, Golden Girls together. Yeah. An Empty Nest. Oh, God. I don't really remember that show. I like. I remember what it is, but I don't remember watching that one. Oh, it was okay. Yeah. That was good as Golden Girls. Yeah. Golden Girls was golden. Mm. I think my mom used to watch Facts of Life, maybe. Oh. So I, I remember maybe watching an episode or two. I watched a lot of TV by myself. <laughs> So all of the um, all the TGIF stuff on ABC. Oh yeah, I watched okay. all those. Okay, did y'all watch that as a family? No, really, never. not really. I don't. I don't remember watching as a family. I remember that was like my Friday night thing. I would huh. get snacks and I would sit there and watch, you know, Perfect Strangers and Family Matters and uh, Boy Meets World and all that stuff. Full huh. House. Yeah. I, th- I think we watched some of those as a family. Yeah, yeah, like the. Was it a TGIF? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Family Matters. Definitely. I want to say we watched it. Yeah. Um, what else? Just 10 of us. I watched a little bit of that one. That was a spinoff too. Yeah. Of Growing of Pains. Growing Pains. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We watched Growing Pains. But that was a separate night, right? When like Tuesday night or Monday mm-hmm. night. Yeah. I don't think it was on. Yeah. Well, it was a different network, I think. Right? No, it was the same one. Growing Pretty Pains sure. was on ABC? I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Did you watch uh, Family Ties? Oh, of course. <laughs> that one. I think that one we probably did watch as a family. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Family Ties was weird, though, because even though I watched it, I remember not really liking most of them. <laughs> like, Alex was a jerk, and I don't know. The mom and dad were too hippie for me. And What about Mallory? Well, Mallory was just pretty, but she was dumb. What about Skippy? Oh, Skippy. Skippy, Skippy, <laughs> Skippy. He always made me want peanut butter. <laughs> uh, is that why you have that peanut butter right there? Shut up. Joking. Um, yeah. So, we, you know... I think for the most part, um, like some of the family ones we watched together, Cosby mm-hmm. Show, yeah, we watched mm-hmm. together, yeah. Uh, I think Fresh Prince, we would sometimes watch together, yeah. And it depended for me because I was, like I said, I was either with my grandma or out of the other grandmas, yeah. It wasn't that we were always together, like as a family. Mm. Did you watch shows that you, um, that your peers were watching? Like, did you watch shows to be able to talk about them? Um, I think so. Yeah. I think, uh, like, <laughs> maybe not a comedy, but, like, Double Dare or, like... Oh, yeah, for things sure. Things like that. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, I can get into the drama stuff, like yeah. 90210, but you know, we're yeah. talking about comedies yeah, and sitcoms. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about sitcoms. Yeah. Uh, Fresh Prince, Saved by the Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Yeah, I definitely watched Saved by the Bell. We watched that like every day after school. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like you related to them, to the sitcoms or the characters on the shows at all? Uh, you know, that's a funny question because I want to say not really. No? I don't think I really related to them. Um, I think the, like some of the, most of the families were Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't really uh, relate to them in like the ethnicity or culture type mm, way. Yeah. Aside from like a family type loving unit thing. Right. But uh, like Cosby Show, I think because they were uh, like a minority, mm-hmm. I related more to that. And I mm. think uh, my family related more to that. And I think that's why maybe we watched it more. Gotcha. Because we saw like these other minorities that were on TV. We didn't really have that much representation on TV. Right. And so uh, that was something that we could root for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how does it feel now that you have you know, shows like One Day at a Time on TV. Does that feel important to you? Oh, definitely. I think it, when you see these people on TV and you see them, well, at least for this show, Mm -hmm. this show actually shows people dealing with problems. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, I think that the stereotypes don't really deal with the problems or they're Mm -hmm. too macho or they, you know, um, the culture suppresses that. Yeah. And on the show... They on one day at a time, they deal with it and they talk about things. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, like they end up, you know, getting told like people get like, kind of what you do to me. Mm. You make me talk. Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, I think it's great to show that, um, you know, you don't have to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. You should show your feelings and should talk about your feelings yeah. and not let them bottle up and, you know cause a bad thing right. to happen. All right. Do you feel like a more of a connection to that show because it's about uh like a Latino family? Yes. Yeah. What, I, why is that different than the other shows? Mm, I think once again it's a uh, culture. Mm-hmm. Like some of the things like uh maybe their the grandma says, of course the grandma. The grandma mm-hmm. is great. The grandma is Rita Moreno. Mm-hmm. She's and probably the best part of that show. She is. And it's you know what the funny thing is? That the the show is, you were saying, like, it's almost the same as Cristela was, which yeah. Cristela was on the ABC. Yeah. But you know what, though? I feel like the difference is, like, you're right. It's very similar format. Mm-hmm. Like, almost same family dynamic. Only thing is, like, I felt like, I feel like uh, Cristela lacked the heart that One Day at a Time has. Like, they had a couple of episodes, but, like, the characters were not as immediately likable on Cristela yeah. to me. I think that, yeah, I think the casting could have been better, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, maybe because this is on Netflix, mm-hmm. they cuss a bit. Yeah. They get into these things that probably Network would never get into. That's true. Very true. And maybe they were trying to keep it more fluffy and light. Maybe, yeah. And I think that's kind of where it fell, because, you know... Latinos need some passion, some heat. <laughs> You've seen telenovelas. Oh, oh, God. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, totally. Y'all y'all should check it out because it's a really good show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Rita Moreno is, <laughs> she's so good. Well, and it's funny, too, because it almost has that feeling of like their comedic timing, yeah. or at least hers specifically. It's like the Golden Girls when it was hitting like just at the right moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then the second season, they definitely like picked up their 
their stride, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they're hitting, they're firing on all cylinders now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. dealing with, like, issues, mm-hmm. current event issues, too. Yeah, yeah, it's very political, mm-hmm. it's very uh, topical. Like, there's there were episodes that I feel like, <laughs> I mean, the writers must have written them and taped them as they as they were happening in our real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you think about, um, do you feel like that show's going to influence a newer generation of young people? Because, I mean, we just talked about how, you know, like these, you know, sitcoms kind of had an impact on us growing up as far as like seeing family dynamics and things like that. But mm-hmm. now this new show is, you know, it deals with, I don't know, actually, I was going to say it deals with a lot more uh, heavy issues, but maybe it's just that the issues are different now, you know, because I think back about shows like Roseanne and when that was on um, in prime time back in the, you know, 20 years ago, it, you know, it dealt with a lot of stuff too. It dealt mm-hmm. with, you know, like talking to your kids about sex and it dealt with um, class, yeah, class, race, uh, religion, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Um, it was like the first show I can remember where there was a, a gay storyline. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe it's just the issues are different now, you know, mm-hmm. issues feel like they're more in your face now, I guess, too. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I in our real that. world, not just in the shows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just wondering, like, like, are, is this going to have a, uh, the same or a different kind of impact on kids as they watch this kind of stuff, you know? I don't know. I, I hope it has a positive impact. Yeah. And also, one of the other things that, uh, uh, that I would say about the show is that um, because these, uh, like, the younger Latinos, even older Latinos, mm-hmm. or Latin, Latinx, mm-hmm. uh are watching this mm-hmm. they see people on tv on a medium that they don't really see mm. in a like positive and um like that kind of format yeah and so that can maybe influence them to go for that mm-hmm. and have a voice out there mm-hmm. to you know show who they are show their culture and not be afraid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i i hope that it does yeah i hope so too so, Steve, did you relate to any characters or any, uh, like, families that were on TV? Mm, I mean, bits and pieces, I guess. Uh, like, there were definitely storylines on Roseanne that I related to, you know. Um, you know, I think the whole country in general was going through, you know, economic crisis at the time. And so, mm-hmm. seeing them actually talk about bills and, like, freaking out about how to pay the mortgage and things like that. That was kind of relatable because, I mean, obviously I was a kid, but I can remember my parents talking about that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, seeing them go through possibly getting divorced on the show and my parents got divorced in real life, that kind of stuff too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in in ways, yes, it uh, it related. But, I mean, I I don't know. As a whole, I'm, I'm not so sure. I mean, I think... Most sitcoms uh, from when we were younger in particular, they, there was too much of like a glossy sheen on them, if you will. Like Full House, I can think about, was like the really popular one when we were kids. Oh, um, yeah. And I just never loved Full House. I mean, I would watch it once in a while, but it was very hard to relate to for me. Did you think that, um, did you not like it? As much as you could have because they were so like saccharine? Yeah, exactly. I I mean... I remember thinking it was cheesy as like an eight-year-old, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I, it was hard for me to get into. There are other ones though, like Boy Meets World, um, particularly because I think those characters were really close to my age. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some storylines that I related to. Um, like there was storylines about not knowing what to do with your life when you graduated high school. And I remember that was a really big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, 
dealing with, uh, you know, like even the main character, Corey, on that show, his parents were a strong family dynamic, but then his brother had some stuff going on, and then his best friend had a mess of a family. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I kind of related to that, too, or it was sort of, you know, my parents were a little bit more stable um, than other families uh, or other friends' families that I knew growing up. So it was kind of relatable that way, I guess. But on a whole, I mean, it was still like very slapstick compared to the kind of stuff that's on TV now. Huh. Yeah. And speaking of stuff that's on TV now, what's old is new again. I know. I mean, yeah. we just look, talked about Roseanne and that's coming back uh, next month. Yeah. You talked about that. We talked about, um, you just talked about Boy Meets World and they had Girl Meets World that yeah. uh, was on not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let's see, Will and Grace came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of shows that are either coming back or getting like kind of reboots or spinoffs or it's kind of interesting. It is. Do I feel you... like it's uh you know, I mean, the US in general, we've been on this nostalgia kick for the last five, 10 years. Yeah, we have. So I feel like that's part of it. But I think the other part too is just, you know, I feel like there's so much, um, there's so much like really involved high budget content on TV now. I think maybe people are kind of craving more of that sitcom format, you know, Hmm. that, that more simple storyline. Do you think that is like for escapism maybe? Um, maybe. Yeah. I mean, escapism possibly, but I think, you know, as we just talked about, like there's a lot of stuff in like one day at a time that I wouldn't say is escapism because Mm -hmm. it is real hard hitting issues. Yeah. So maybe, but I think a lot of it is also just, it's, you know, sitcoms are a shorter format, obviously, that you mm-hmm. don't have to invest as much time in it week to week and things like that, too. So, kind of like podcasts. Yeah. Right. There's two different types of ways that uh, sitcoms are shot, usually mm-hmm. uh, the single cam and the multi cam. Sure. Uh, and the multi cam is going to matter in a few minutes. Okay. But uh, let's. I wanted to learn about these because, I mean, okay, single cam is one cam, of course, and then multicam is multiples, but why or what are the differences? Mm-hmm. And uh, single cams are shot like a movie. Right. Uh, it has a no, uh, like no live theater feel. Mm-hmm. It's no audience. Yeah. Uh, some of those were like uh, Modern Family, right. 30 Rock, yeah. uh, The Office. Um, but funnily enough, some of those did have, uh, funnily is a word. Go right. With it. Yeah, okay. Uh, some of them had laugh tracks. Oh, which yeah. one? I Dream of Jeannie, Green Acres, Brady Bunch, mm. Bewitched, The Partridge Family, like a lot of older ones. Yeah, the like, 60s ones. Yeah. yeah, and it was weird because it sounded fakey. Yeah. And cheesy. Yeah. Um, so then multicams. Multicams have multi-ca- multiple cameras, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it started with I Love Lucy. Right. Which was super interesting. I had no idea. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Lucy and Desi invented that. Yeah. Did mm-hmm. you ever watch I Love Lucy? Oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, man, I used to love it. Even though it was in black and white. I know mm-hmm. some of the listeners maybe don't even know what that is. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, black and white. It was crazy. Yeah. True story. I may or may not have recorded some episodes with me and my cousin on a our uh, like tape recorder. Yeah. About like some of the stuff like we were reenacting what oh, they did on the geez. show. Oh, Got to find that. Nope. I hope not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, love, love, I love Lucy. And, yeah. you know, they created this uh, mm-hmm. multi cam yeah. setup. Uh, they used three cameras around the set and they had an audience in bleacher sheet, uh, mm-hmm. bleacher seats. Right. And uh, now most of, most of the comedies you, or sitcoms use uh, four cameras. Mm-hmm. 
like Friends, Seinfeld, right. Cosby Show, Full House, mm-hmm. yada yada. Yep. Um, so in talking about multicam, yep. uh, bringing the live audience also brought in something else. Yeah, the laugh track. So tell us a little about a bit about the laugh track, Steve. Sure. So you know, you kind of just mentioned uh, they brought in multi camera. Lucy and Desi invented the multi camera setup, and so when you have the audience in there, obviously, when you're shooting a comedy, you're going to pick up the you know people laughing, mm-hmm. and so this was fine and well. Um, but one of the things that became a problem was when they went to go edit the shows together, you'd have these hard cuts. So, you know, obviously it's more like a play when you do a sitcom. It's on a stage and ideally you're supposed to shoot the whole thing kind of through, at least a whole scene through. Mm-hmm. And so what would happen is if an actor flubbed the lines and they'd have to go back and reshoot it again, mm-hmm. then they'd have these hard cuts where the laughs wouldn't overlap. So they invented uh, this guy, um, Charles Douglas, uh, who was a sound engineer in the Navy originally, um, but ended up working for CBS. He invented this thing called the laugh box. And what they would do is they would do what they called sweetening. And so they would kind of supplement the laughing between like what the audience actually did and where there were gaps and stuff. And they would do what was called sweetening. So it would sort of blend things together. Hmm. And it would also do like, you know, obviously like if a joke didn't land very well, um, they could add more laughs or, or whatever. And I'm sure they had to do that over and over when they, oh, yeah. you said they had to uh, uh, like stop for a scene or whatever mm-hmm. and they had to redo it. And I'm sure like the laughs got less exactly. loud and exactly. enthusiastic. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting because the, the machine, he was like super secretive. Because you have to remember, this is in the um, 50s and 60s. So super secretive. Um, there was no digital anything. So basically it looks like a giant typewriter mm-hmm. and it had a bunch of reel to reel tapes inside that just were like sound effect loops and hmm. everything was manual. There was a foot pedal. He controlled the volume Whoa. and then just buttons and he could m- like kind of blend in the music by hand. Huh. So he would wheel this thing in and for a hundred bucks, he would do an episode for the director and the director would come in, give notes where he wanted the edits and stuff. And, and that was it. Crazy. But for years it was only uh, this guy, Charles Douglas and his family, immediate family. They were the only ones allowed to see the, the box and how it operated. Wow. So he had a kind of a monopoly on it. But what was interesting is that, um, you know, producers kind of started to notice, well, it might actually be easier for us to just do this without a an audience. <laughs> and so that's kind of like these shows that you talked about from the 60s, like Dream of Genie and Brady Bunch. That's why they had this weird laugh track was because these were um, shows that were originally aired in prime time. Uh-huh. And so... They were, you know, set alongside other sitcoms with a laugh track. America had gotten used to it. So these producers are like, well, just throw a laugh track in there. Wow. Isn't that weird? That's super weird. What's weirder is that cartoons used to have it. Isn't that strange? (laughs) That is strange. I don't. uh, Yeah, I guess I do remember. uh, Yeah. Here, wait. I'll play. I'll play you a clip. See if you recognize it. Okay. Spoil sport. Remember this? Oh, thanks. Yes. (laughs) So weird. Yeah, so weird. He's locked in the closet. Now what do we do? (laughs) Why did they do this? I don't know. Like, it doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, did Hanna-Barbera think that we would think that there's like a live audience there? I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know. I still really like Scooby-Doo, though. I did, too. But uh, like Flintstones had this and all kinds of stuff. Jetsons? Yes, apparently. So, but... 
funny enough is the reason that we don't necessarily remember is because when they're in reruns now, they take the laugh track out. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So kind of funny, huh? That's super funny. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. But I guess there's like a whole, um, you know, kind of double-sided thing about this in Hollywood. Like some some people don't mind it. and Like one day at a time, they have been forthright about um, they use it to kind of blend things because it's modern and you want the best product possible. So they edit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, on that one, you could definitely tell like when the audience is going. Yes. And a lot of the jokes hit. Definitely. And actually, I found this clip online where they did this cool thing where they did like a 360 experience. Mm-hmm. And so you can actually, um, they put a 360 camera at the dinner table with the um, the cast. And uh-huh. so you go through a scene and you can actually see the audience while they're um, doing their lines. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, let's play it really quick. Okay. A tequila shot. <laughs> a drunk girl threw a drink at him. But it really burned. And it messed up my shirt. <laughs> See, it's weird because you can actually see the audience laughing because we're staring at the audience. Yeah. You were my medic? I would have faked an injury. Max, stop it. You're skidding. Don't. <laughs> so, yeah, I just thought it was interesting to kind of see that because you can actually see the audience laughing. And it does sound just like the fake laughs, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one show that kind of admits they do use it to kind of blend things. But then there's other shows, um, like Will and Grace came back on the air. Mm -hmm. Um, They were adamant about they don't use it at all. Mm -hmm. And apparently Chuck Lorre, who does, um, does, you know, Two and a Half Men and all those other ones. Two Broke Girls. Yeah. He's, like, adamant about they don't use it on any of their shows. Do you believe that? No, absolutely not. (laughs) I mean, I believe that just like the clip we just saw, like, sure, I'm sure it is actual live audience – you know feedback, but I'm how would how would you make a modern television show without blending it? Hmm. Um, other interesting tidbit I heard was that uh, rumor is that How I Met Your Mother was shot all without laugh track or without a live audience, and uh-huh. then they put it back in in post. Yes, by like showing it to an audience on tape and then recording that audience reaction. Oh, really? Yeah, isn't that huh. weird? It's yeah, that is weird. It I seems did, like way too much trouble. I did read that they did it without an audience, and I was like, really? That's yeah, kind of weird. Yeah, but knowing that, that's even weirder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, we're gonna tell you where to laugh because we're gonna put exactly, this in there. exactly. What do you think about laugh tracks? Do you think they're okay? Like, or I guess, what do you think about hearing the audience laughing in general, fake or not, rake? Do you like hearing the audience or do you like it more like Modern Family? Hmm. I think I like both, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say I like laugh tracks. Okay. Or like the audience laughing. Yeah. But I think it does kind of um, give you that feeling like when you're in a movie theater. Exactly. And you're there's a funny part on or something and everybody is laughing mm-hmm. or a lot of people are laughing. Uh, I think that's a different dynamic that falls a little short when yeah, you're at home. For sure. Because I don't think that oh, that joke was not that funny, but you still hear, still hear people, yeah. like a lot of people laughing. I'm like, mm, yeah, that wasn't that funny. Exactly. Yeah. You know what's so funny, though, is I was um, looking at this and, and reading about it, and it's funny how shows are written at a different pace because they have to build in pauses to the script to mm-hmm. allow for that laughter. Oh, weird. And I also realized that some of the jokes really rely on laughter like that because without it, the... The script sounds totally different. Hmm. So there's a bunch of videos online that kind of will do this thing I'm about to show you, but they take the laugh track out of something. Mm-hmm. So let me show you an example. I, I rigged up a, a our favorite episode of Friends here. Ooh, so your gonna, favorite episode. Yeah, well, you know. So I'll play a bit of it first with the laugh track. Okay. And then I'll come back to you. Okay. 
that first batch of margaritas was not so great, but the second batch is good. I want a margarita now. <laughs> well, maybe the next batch we could all get some. <laughs> oh, God, this is fun, isn't it? You know, just the four of us just hanging. <laughs> Dude, are you okay? And when are the fajitas gonna be ready? <laughs> I'm fine, okay? I'm great. I'm just, I'm just proud of us. You know, there's no weirdness, no tension. No awareness. <laughs> you know, we make a great foursome. We should do more stuff together. Yeah. <gasps> Let's take a trip. <laughs> I think the more funny thing is that this is, reminds me of you. Yeah. Look, Mike. <laughs> Look. Okay, so I played that, and I know it's a bit long, but... I wanted to play the whole clip because I want you to hear it now without the laugh track. Okay. Okay, here we go. But the second batch is good. Well, maybe the next batch we could all get some. Dude, are you okay? And when are the fajitas going to be ready? I'm fine. Okay, I'm great. I'm just, I'm just proud of us. You know, there's no weirdness, no tension, no awareness. Ross has an we issue. Do more stuff exactly. I mean, I think without the laugh track, it really just kind of highlights the character flaws. Like, mm-hmm. Ross has a problem in this episode. He's and, an alcoholic here. Yes, exactly. And also, like, Rachel's just a bitch. <laughs> I mean, let's be frank. I mean, people have always said that, but when you take the laugh tracks out, that... You know, the laugh track kind of makes it like, ha-ha, that was funny. But when Uh you take it out, it's like, ooh, man, they're not being that nice to each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you go back in, like, the 50s and 60s and you pull that out, I'm sure you'll be like, whoa. For sure. a lot of things were okay to say or whatnot back then. Yeah. So, anyways, I just thought it was really interesting how we've totally gotten used to this. Um, And there's a whole bunch of cool reading uh, that you can do about this. I'll put it on our website for this episode. But... Um, I found a whole bunch of articles about like how we've gotten used to this. And even though science says that we're immune to it, like we just expect it now. Huh. Well, so. I was going to ask you, uh, do you feel that it is maybe similar to the uncanny Valley? In what way? In that you're, you're hearing. So uncanny Valley is like a, a weird, uh, it's a term for like how we don't really understand or we, we don't relate to characters that are like, digitally real right like they look like real humans right but they they they're not like we can sense like humans can sense that they're not real right and but so the valley aspect is like you're you're fine looking at something when it looks fake but yeah there's like a valley point where it gets t- certain point toward realism and all yeah. of a sudden we get creeped out and then it's yeah like super creepy to look yeah. at we, we get uncomfortable looking at it right so is do you feel that the laugh track and being like maybe a real people's laughs, mm. but not actually being real can fall into that, like an mm. uncanny valley type of thing? I don't know. For me, it's more just like, I don't know. To me, it's, it's just kind of like keeps the vibe of the show going. Mm. They feel very different than like a modern family where the jokes are like one, two, three, you know, yeah. or like blackish where it's like you got to really be on it when they are doing those, those bits. All right. Yeah. So I have a few interesting facts about, uh, audiences and sitcoms okay so uh married with children mm-hmm. uh apparently uh they cast the audience so the producers whoever 
put it together. Yeah. They would get people that were like Marines, service people, um, because they would respond more to the show's aggressive anti-PC. Oh, really? Yeah. So then it would come off like these people would really be excited or enjoy those uh, jokes and they would laugh or cheer or Mm. like really bring that uh, vibe to the show. Gotcha. Uh, Another one was uh, Dear John. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that show? I do remember that show. Um, So Dear John was about this guy that got dumped by his Yeah, he got a Dear John letter. Yeah. Yeah. And he was going to like a couple's or a single's... uh, A single's... Therapy? Therapy? It was I like don't a, remember. Yeah, I don't remember. It was at nighttime, and he would go and yeah. go with another group and yeah. talk about it. Uh, but they filled the audience with singles groups. Oh, interesting. So they related to the story. And, That's so you know, funny. The jokes would hit more. Yeah. Or at least they, they expected them to hit yeah. more. I know that like audience tampering is kind of a big thing in Hollywood. Because like, I know um, when Rosie O'Donnelly set her talk show, they mm-hmm. would like get everybody super high on sugar right before they filled the show or really? started the show. Yeah. Because, you know, she always used to talk about ring dings or whatever they are on the East Coast. I don't Coast. know what that is. I think it's like a ho-ho here. Oh, okay. But um, they would like f- cram the audience full of this junk food wow. like right before. Yeah. Get them all hype. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, do you ever, do you remember Amen? Did you ever see that? I do remember Amen, yes. <laughs> With Sherman Hensley? Yes. And Sandra? Yes. Uh, so they uh, packed their audience with gospel choir members. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting that they cast the audience. Yeah. Um, all right. So how about this? How about we play an audience or no audience game? Okay. I'm going to ask you, uh, I'm going to tell you, ask a, or uh, I'll give you a name of a sitcom. Okay. And you, you say audience or no audience. Okay. Okay. I got, got it. it. Yes. Okay. MASH. No audience, obviously. No audience, but they did have a laugh track. Yeah, which was stupid because they were outside yes. and in the middle of a war. That was dumb. Yeah, super yeah. weird. Um, uh, we already talked about how I met your mother. Uh-huh. Uh, Gilligan's Island. No audience. Yep. Yeah. But again, they had a laugh track. Yeah. And it was outside. Well, it's all these old shows. Yeah. Yeah. The Odd Couple. The old one. Odd Couple. I'm going to say audience. Yes and no. Okay. So after their first season, they stopped using canned laughter mm. and then had an audience. Interesting. Uh, Married with Children. Well, you just told me that, yes, it had an audience. I was hoping you forgot. Oh. <laughs> well, no, I didn't. All right. I didn't forget from two minutes ago. I was hoping you did. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that's it. I win. You win. What do I win? You win the end of the podcast. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Well, we talked about some stuff on on sitcoms. Uh, I think this kind of makes me realize that we might have to do another one on sitcoms when we come up, or when it you know when we come up down the line, when it comes up. Because are we coming on? Are we creeping on the come up? I don't even know what the hell that means. Oh, I guess not. Yeah, uh, but I think there was a lot of cool stuff in here, and it's fun to talk about these old ones. I mean, I spent two hours last night on a YouTube spiral looking at old '90s shows. McDonald's ads. Commercials, yeah. Did you ever find your ad you were looking no, for? No, I didn't. I'm looking for that stupid McDonald's Maybe ad. Maybe somebody can help you. Yeah, I'm looking for this McDonald's ad from like the 80s or 90s when it was about breakfast. And it was like, who wants breakfast? And all these hands would shoot in the air. Including Steve's. It well, just shot up in the air right now. It just shot up now because I always want McDonald's breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Something wrong with you. Shut up. <laughs> well, should we go upstairs and watch some sitcoms? I think we should. And hopefully we'll watch really good ones and not really crappy ones with fake can laughter. All right. 
All right. Well, that's the show for this week. Music for our show is by Adi Goldstein and Dimitri Banoff. And our opening show jingle vocal is by Chad Gonselmo. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for liking and subscribing to the show. Let us know how we're doing and uh, drop us a comment on Facebook. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, this week, we're going to give a special shout out to my good friend Brian Molek for giving us some great feedback this week. Yeah, thanks, Brian. And uh, we'll keep trying to improve the show as we go along. So until next week, have a good one. See ya. Bye. Bye.